I think you either have the DNA to be the top person and you care about that or you don't. Just rocked a lot of people's mind, like worlds. They can be taught. <laughs> they can be, they can, I know. You can grow them. <laughs> it can turn I didn't want to open that door, but I'm, I'm glad. That's why we have Ross here. <laughs> We're back um, after a little break. I'm Puyan, the CEO and co-founder at Scratchpad here with my, I don't know what word to use. I'll just, I'll, I'll use amazing long missed co-host here, Ross. Generous, but thank you. The guy yes. known as Corp Bro to some. Yeah, I'm really excited for today's session to be with Carolyn. There's so much that I think we can learn from you, but also some interesting stories I know that you have to share. I think it's just a matter of which ones we can get. Yeah, I would love an intro from you. Well, I'm Carolyn Betts, uh, founder and CEO of Betts. Uh, and um, yeah, I founded, Be- I founded the company back in, how many times can I say Betts on this intro? Uh, a lot, I guess. You know, we'll have a counter. Woman, uh, no, I found the company back at the end of '09, uh, so we've been around quite some time. I'm Bay Area native, and yeah, have tons of love for sales and recruiting and uh, this industry in general. So I, I appreciate you guys having me, and I'm excited to be here. I don't know much. I personally don't know much about your life pre bets recruiting, so I would love to hear. Where was the sales come up? How did you get started? Was it that you had no hard skills like every other salesperson who found their way there? So like what what mistakes were made? It's funny, right? Because when, when I think about my skills growing up, like sales was one of them, right? I uh, campfire candy out the gate with my wagon going door to door, <laughs> always one. And I went to college and did some bartending jobs, worked in retail, et cetera. Ooh. My first job, I sold yellow page ads, not online like Google or Yelp or anything like that. No, no, no. In the book. Oh, mind you, it was also 100% commission. <laughs> like if that wasn't bad enough, uh, then, um, oh it was all commission. So, but I did really well. Well, wait, what, what did you sell? What is What are you selling? Are you trying to get people to put their number or contact in it? Like, to advertise. Like, you know how people- Oh, do okay. Just advertise. Just advertising. advertising. Yes, print, exactly. print advertising is what you're selling. Got it. Got it. Print advertising in the yellow pages specifically. Long story short, I fell into recruiting. I saw an ad on Craigslist and it said 100K with all kinds of pluses after it, like high base. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, base. That sounds good. Um, <laughs> plus commission. Um, you know, I was like, yeah. I had no idea what the job was or what I was going to be selling. Mail on my resume, they called me, went in for an interview, and it was a recruiting company. It was pretty much like a two to three interview process, but generally um, two in person. So I worked there for four years. Also, top performer pretty much the entire time I was there. What do you see as the equivalent of the Yellow Pages today? That that entry point. Yelp. Yelp. I knew Ross was going to say that. Yelp. I should have muted, muted him out. But. Yelp. Is it, like, no, is it your traditional SDR role or is it? Because I think the way you described it is, listen, you were just you're like you had to figure it out. Just and grind I, you, it. It's not like there was some internal go-to-market operations SDR lead team that's setting all the stuff up for you and setting guardrails. Um, 
does that still exist? Does it not? I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on the equivalent today, yeah, if, if there say, even is one. It's a couple of things. Like, let's just stick with tech. So, like Ross was saying, Yelp, Open Table, Toast, um, Union, POS, like a lot of these where you're selling to small business uh, at a low account value, but you're closing deals right away. That would probably be the closest. You have an interesting story because you were always the top performer. But you're also seeing a lot of salespeople come in and and go places um, through bets. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on like what are you seeing as making folks like the top performers today? I think you either have the DNA to be the top person and you care about that or you don't. And there's a lot of people that are perfectly happy like being in the middle. And that's okay. Like those people are really great too. But the people that want to be at the top aren't going to do anything to stop them from being there. How do you feel about you just rocked a lot of people's mind, like worlds? They can be (laughs) taught. They can be. They can. I know. Grow them. (laughs) You can turn. I don't want to open that door. I'm glad. That's why we have Ross here to (laughs) to do that. Um, There, I know there are some folks that are very vocal about no commission for sales. And there are other folks that have been 100% commission like you and, and have crushed it. What, where, what are your thoughts on it? I am a firm believer in this market. If you are on 100% commission, that is super weird and you should run the other way. Yes. Like that, nobody, nobody does that. And we coach our clients. And there is a minimum base that will even put, make you competitive to get talent. And I believe that, you know, in terms of top and, you know, mid-level talent, you know, the top 50% of the sales work that makes, you know, and they say 80, 20, whatever these things, but I don't believe in this no commission. I I don't get that. Like it, it, for me, it makes zero sense. And I'd love to sit down with somebody who really believes in it and we can duke it out. Um, But I think that you're going to, if people are not incentivized to sell more, they are going to hit their quota and that's it, which means they're probably going to miss their quota a lot of the time. Because if you're only aiming to hit this goal you, and something falls through, you know, right. like I always like love it or <laughs> love it. Yeah, I find it very fascinating when people like a deal falls through and they don't hit their quota. But if I hit, if I close that deal, I would have hit it. It's like, well, like if you had five others that were that far along, you would have exceeded it. Right. And you would, and you know, so we all have to think about how that works. So I'm a firm believer in commission and uncapped plans. And, um, you know, and I'm also a believer in evaluating and reiterating on plans. And people hate reiterations of top plans. Uh, they generally end up being in the better favor of the company to the employee when people redo them. That's not how we've done it at Bets. We actually continue to make our plans better and better and better for our employees as much as possible to really uh, motivate them. Because what we've seen is a huge increase in the efficiency of our employees. And we have not really changed our comp plans uh, because we want to retain top talent and we want to be competitive uh, in a highly competitive field. How and why did you start to uh, start Bets? Like recruiting, like what, like what, what trigger you to say, okay, I can do this on my own and build this into a multi-million dollar business. Yeah. So I mentioned, I loved my job at Andiamo was the name of the company. Loved the, the person I worked for, like just 
you know, we obviously butted heads a little bit, but like we just, we were making tons of money together and it was so fun. And because I had loved recruiting so much at Andiamo and I'd been so successful, I was like, you know what? I should just start my own thing. Had you just basically build up, built up a repository of relationships and was like, okay, I can go start my own recruiting thing. I've like helped so many people get placed here. Like it's recruiting to me is just entirely a relationship game as most of sales is, but perhaps even more so in recruiting than SAS or something like that. Like what was day one? The answer is no, because I was adamant that when I started bets, I was not going to go to Andiamo and take all their customers and bring them over. Salesforce was in my patch at the time. And so they were not a customer. I was trying to get in there. never did. Uh, the guy in charge, his sister-in-law or some relative worked at Monster. So that was like, you know, <laughs> he had some like yeah. <laughs> family ties. To my- I can't believe I still remember that this far down the road, but it was Dreamforce. So I got a pass to Dreamforce because they were in my patch and I went and I walked in so- to the room and I went to every single booth over the three days of that. And I walked up to everyone. I said, what do you guys do? Told me, what do you do? I work at Career Builder right now, and I'm starting my own recruitment company focused on recruiting salespeople for growth stage companies. I walked out of that place with a stack like this high of business cards. And um, like I would, I actually crossed off Career Builder. I didn't have business cards yet. So I like crossed it off and I would write my, like, do you know how many times I wrote, hey, Carolyn at BetsRecruiting.com is really long. <laughs> like, yeah. Really long. And so I did that and uh, and then passed them all out and followed up with everybody. And I had tons of clients pretty much out the gate. Well, how did you get the salespeople though? Because I mean, like yeah. everybody's trying to hire salespeople. So like every like finding that side of the market is is not an, not too difficult, even, you know, especially today. There's like 700,000 open sales jobs. But yeah. How did you get the salespeople? And did you actually, because you, you brought up a really, uh, I want to co- make sure we come back to that, but did you have any salespeople lined up before this or or was this your first entry point? Okay, so at Andiamo, I did do sales recruiting. So we did sales and we did admin and we did finance. And so uh, admin and finance always had bigger fees, but sales had more volume and I liked dealing with the sales leaders far more than whoever you sent the admin and finance people to. And I was never really an account manager and I didn't really bring on any business at Andiamo. Um, so what I had, the relationships I had, which really I owned because I found them any, you know, in whatever market we can get into, who, but basically it felt because I had used so much of my own network back then that it made the most sense. But the, the story you just shared, though, is why I think folks who have a sales background or are doing sales now can actually be such great founders and entrepreneurs. Because what what I heard you just say is, listen, I went out there and I generated the demand before going and like building up all this other infrastructure. And I guess in the software world, it's the equivalent of you did the, you did sales before you actually built the product. Whereas a lot of folks will start and say, all right, I'm going to spend all this time and years building product. And you know, I've, I've said this before on other, on other episodes, but I think it's so powerful if you can actually go out there and prospect, right? Yeah, Maybe you can't actually close the deal, but like, can you get anyone that cares? Can you get anyone that leans in, is interested? And you learn so much about that. And I'm sure you probably did too. And, and following up with them, like, 
what's not working with your current sales recruiting. But back to Ross's question, which I, I derailed <laughs> a little bit ago. How did you get the salespeople? My ex, Beyonce, <laughs> um, worked at... I. Through my career builder connections, uh, he was looking for a new job and uh, I went around the floor. I said, hey, anyone's clients hiring back when I worked there? And a guy from LinkedIn had called into the career builder sales force. Like LinkedIn, this is so funny. You're going to die. LinkedIn, that's going to be a good company. And I got the guy's number. Like they didn't even have salespeople yet. Nobody even, it was like, you know, a free tool. So I wrote down his number. And I called my ex. I was like, hey, LinkedIn's hiring. I think it's going to be a good company. You should go work there. So we got the job. So I got a friends and family discount on LinkedIn Recruiter right when it came out. And, you know, people didn't even really know that LinkedIn Recruiter existed. And it was not nearly as like it was so quiet. People weren't getting hit up all the time. And I was one of the first people using it. And so I would... I mean, I, I messaged everyone at Salesforce, right? Oh, Salesforce, good company. I mean, I got like, my response rate was so high because back then people, so I, I used LinkedIn, I used my network. I posted, you know, hey, starting recruiting. I, I also exported all my contacts from LinkedIn, put it into email. You used to be able to do that. So it was just basically grind. I mean, it sounds like, you know, you just found, I mean, you were an early adopter of something that was turned out to be super useful. And as much as I like to shit on LinkedIn and I do like to shit on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> it was a very useful tool there. So was it that one year mark when that guy came back where that was your I've made it moment or or was there a point where you were like, wow, I need to hire people? Like, like how, how did you, one of the things I struggle with personally, especially in like my own business is relinquishing and trusting other people to handle stuff. Um, how and when did you like decide, hey, I need a team. I need to build a whole company here and let I mean people do stuff. It's such a great comment, uh, Ross, because like you're a corporate bro, right? And so you've branded yourself, um, you know, and it was hard. And that was another piece of advice that that same guy gave me. He's like, don't name your company bets. I should have listened to that one for sure, yeah, by right. the way. Even my introduction, I was like, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> but it's too late, too late now. Um, but we've scaled. A lot of people don't even realize that I'm a person anymore, which is Great. I love it when people don't know that because it just is like the company's clearly become something so much bigger than me, which is what you right. want in a scalable situation. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I had more business than I could handle. So I, I'm trying, I, nothing's standing out right now. And in terms of like, I made it moment. You know, I, I, another interesting point though, that, that you brought up Carolyn, or I guess just in, in what you did is like, listen, even as you had your business, you prospected. And it just reminded me of you know, for a lot of founders that um, have never done sales, like they almost have to back into learning how to be an SDR at some point. And how cool is it for the folks that get to start out as that in, in their career and learn like how to actually prospect, how to position something, how to find somebody's info, how to hunt down, um, how to message just to get a response? Because that's something that, you know, honestly, I'm, you know, I've done a few companies that I'm still doing. And it's such a valuable skill set that, you know, it's, it's cool to hear that you're, you're doing it too. Maybe not so much now anymore, but um, we still okay. got it. I mean, and I help other companies do it too, right? Like yeah. before this today, I had a meeting. I advised um, the you know Coastal, and I think you guys might be involved with that too. Oh, yeah. And Pete came over to my house, and uh, he he was walking through the whole deck. But like, 
Now there's so many easier ways like co-sell, for example, and I might be biased because Pete's my friend and I'm an advisor, but I literally after my meeting today with him, I was like, we need to get bets on this. This is this has come a really long way since I started working with you because founders can see who else they know and who they know. And you just type the companies in and you're like, oh, hey, that person I met Saster that I hit it off with. Let's say if they can see if they can make a warm introduction. And that was the same process that I used to do my, on my own that took a lot more heavy lifting than what they have today. So, you know, yes, you still have to do it, but I think it's a lot, you know, not to be like, I worked so hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so much, it's so much easier today than it was, you know, even six months ago, a year ago. And the way tech is going is, is pretty crazy. Well, I think it's easier to get, you know, the, the effort you have to put in to find the person or maybe get connected with them is becoming easier, but because it's become easier, then there's just more noise in the system. Right. And so I think that's where like what you did or the way Ross is saying, Hey, your message landed is what makes, is what becomes even more important then. Right. Because let's say I'm getting all of these requests for connections. Well, it has to stand out a little bit more for me to actually pay attention or care. Okay. Well, we've got a uh, few minutes left here in Puyon. Yeah. We have like a custom that I'll let you say. We basically yes. have a couple questions. They're not like, you know, not crazy questions. That That's for episode two with us. Uh, but Puyon, <laughs> yeah. I'll let you take it away. No, this is, yeah, this is, this is, we're, we're, we're building a playlist of, of two things. Number one, your hype song, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you're walking into Dreamforce the first time you're about to bring bets to the world. Like what is it you're listening to? Even either then or now to, to get you hyped yeah. up, and then we'll have the opposite. Okay, two songs came to mind. Uh, you okay. shook me all night long, uh, but the real one, because like for business hype song, is "Style" yeah. by Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay. How about the opposite side though? Like a sad, like like worst day ever. Like just lost some clients. Yeah. Like that dope candidate turned down the offer that you can't believe they turned down. What are we? I am not a depressing music person. Like I literally can't do it. Um, I when I what's your recovery? Let's say that. How do you recover from something like that? Maybe it's another hype song. Oh, like I need to get outside, get fresh air, listen to music, walk, breathe, look around, change my situation. Uh, like my, like if it, if it happened in here, I need to leave here. I need to leave my house. I need to go uh, and just change my situation. It's a so river. We have one. We'll do a soundtrack of the sounds of nature. How about that? <laughs> yeah. yes. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. My pleasure. So good to see you guys. Thanks for having yeah. me. Of course. <laughs>